Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, the Flyers are back, so I guess we are too. And they are back with a letter. It's the letter we've been demanding for years, um, but it's not from anyone with any sort of, you know, authority over the future. We'll get into that. Well, I don't uh, know about whole... that. Well, <laughs> as, of, as of this very moment. Now, I've been saying... <laughs> We'll get into it. Uh, let's just lead it off with the introductions and start things out with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So someone whose opinion I trust listened to our podcast for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And his reaction was... Whose opinion was, do you trust that's never listened to our show before? Very few people. His reaction was, I don't know what the point is. And I was like, oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You, got it. That's you it. mean... Nailed it. Yeah. What, <laughs> what the point of what the point of the podcast is, or what the point of the yeah. Flyers is? That's much like it's a show much the like flyers. the fucking. There's no point. <laughs> the, much like the team that we cover, <laughs> there would be an How obvious I... point. Yeah, if the team had a point, but they don't. Yeah. So. <laughs> How can I have a point if they don't have a point? <laughs> it made me for... laugh because he was They're like, for... "I'm really sorry." Like, I don't mean to be rude. And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. You've nailed the show." They're fulfilling their contracts much as I am fulfilling mine. <laughs> we have till February 28th. Here I am. It's a show. <laughs> From theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Yeah, I don't really got anything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 they played last night. They, they, they aren't very they? good. Like, this is just, you know, this is just the way it's going to be for the next 30 games. Have fun, gang. Well, uh, oh to... boy, it's gonna be a show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> on today's on today's uh, episode of You Better You Bet, we had Jerry Ferrara on, who is a uh, Bet MGM ambassador and best is that known, turtle? at least best known okay. to me at least, as Turtle from Entourage. Oh my god! And he's picking the Eagles, so birds by a thousand. I mean, the, oh, yeah, the Eagles are fun. Yeah, the Flyers yeah, might the not Giants... be, but the Eagles are fun. Yeah, the Giants fan, uh, Turtle, a.k.a. Jerry Ferrara, taking the birds? Then how do you not out there, people? Uh, all over it. Go birds. E-A-G-L-E-S, etc. Okay. So the Flyers, huh? Well, we've been talking for, for quite a while now about how if the organization would just do what the Rangers did and come to grips with the position that they're in and just be realistic with us, be honest with us about where things need to be going, then at least it would be a plan. And we can get on board with the plan. Well, they sort of did. The head coach, John Tortorella, put out a letter of his own basically saying, hey, we're working hard, but we're not there yet. And this is going to be a long process. Um, that's great. But the last I saw, the last, you know, last time I looked at 
the power structure of any National Hockey League organization, the head coach makes very few decisions about the future of the franchise. Your initial reaction to this, and we'll get into some more stuff, but just like when you saw that it was John Tor- that there was a letter and it was under the heading of head coach John Tortorella, what did you think? So I, I mean, I thought it was, it was good. I mean, first of all, of course it came from torts. And this is something, Charlie, that you pointed out in your article about it. Is that we don't want to hear from Chuck Fletcher at this point. We don't want to hear from Dave Scott. We don't like these people. We don't want to see their faces. We don't want to talk to them. Tortorella we like. We're still good on him. So if they're going to make any kind of statement, coming from him is is the way to do it because he's the only guy that any of us, I think, are willing to listen to at this point. And I think the thing that people are missing in this is that it wasn't like John Tortorella put this statement out by himself. Like, the Flyers put this statement out. So this is the Flyers saying these things. And they didn't go as far as I think a lot of people wanted. But they went farther than they have before and i think that's worth something i mean the the problem is that like no one's going to be happy until chuck fletcher gets fired that's the thing so they can yeah yeah they can say all of these things and these things that they're saying are good but until chuck's fired like no one gives a shit really yeah that's really what it boils down to because i agree Mm -hmm. i think that this was a measurable step a real step in the direction that people want them to take because it was not insignificant that the Flyers in the past have not been willing to publicly admit in any sort of organization-wide sort of statement that this is going to take a while, we can't fix this quick. I mean, you think back, after the 2021 season, they basically blamed the whole thing on COVID. Then you had the aggressive retool. Then you had this summer when it's like, okay, well, maybe not it's aggressive, but it's still a retool. And then you had Fletcher in December saying we're five points out of a playoff spot. Like, that has been the message is that, no, we can fix this. We can fix this. What happened in December that I found fascinating was that you had Fletcher do the whole we're five points out of a playoff spot thing. But then right before that, you had Torts basically saying essentially everything he said in this letter. To me, what this letter is, because... The way that that December media availability went, it struck me as Torts was telling the truth as he saw it, and then Fletcher came out with the truth as the organization wanted you to believe, but no one actually believed it. This is them basically saying, remember that December thing? Yeah, Torts was right and Chuck was wrong. We're endorsing the Torts view of the situation. And that is a measurable, that is, is, it's measurable movement. It's not where necessarily people want it to be, but it is measurable movement from where they were. But if they were endorsing it, why wouldn't they put their names on it? Because no, because they're because because the the no that that's that's, that's this a, is the thing we want to hear from. That's them. a stupid argument because if you put Chuck Fletcher's name on it, all people are going to say not is Chuck Chuck Fletcher, is, Chuck's gone. Chuck's gone. Ch- fire him. Not Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher is a symptom of the problem. Chuck Fletcher has a job because he's buddies with Bob Clark, and it's the old boys' network of imbeciles getting work because they're all pals. This to me is a ha- another half measure. It's just it is this a half is what measure. we want to hear from the It is this a half is what measure. We want to hear from the I I organization. Dis- I, I I agree it's a half measure. I disagree that the person the person whose name is attached to it matters at all because it doesn't except it gives people something to yell about. I mean, how doesn't it matter when the people who are going to be making the decisions didn't say it? Because they're the ones who approved it. And that but their names aren't on it. Who which gives allows a fuck? them I do. Why? I give a fuck. Why? Because the people who made the decisions, who are going to make the decisions, didn't say it. They're putting it on someone else again. So when Bernie Perrant's daughter or someone shows up with a, for a fucking interview and says, no, 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 I can fix it. They say, oh, well, you know, John Tortorella thought this. But, you know, actually, there's some free agents we have our eyes on and we really like Wade Allison. We think he's going to take another step. And it's just 
more bullshit. It's not at all what I want. I know John Tortorella is not a fucking moron. I know this because I've been listening to him talk all season. He seems plugged into reality. Yeah, great. They put it out in the Flyers social media. It's the Flyers message. Unless Dave Scott or somebody in the front office's name is on it, it's meaningless to me because is, is John Tortorella the next GM or is he hiring the next GM? Is he the next president of Hockey Ops or is he hiring the next president of Hockey Ops? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then his take on this organization long term is meaningless. See, I, mean, I, I, totally, I totally disagree with the underlying argument you're making. Because if this would, if you would have done this exact, why same, should I give them if, the if you would have done the exact the same, this exact same message and slapped Dave Scott's name on it, people would just respond with, "Well, who gives a fuck? Dave Scott's an idiot. He doesn't know hockey." By putting Torts's name on it, it's like, "Oh, this guy knows hockey," and it the organization is endorsing what he said. It has nothing to do with knowing hockey. It, it, it has, has everything, everything to do with to do knowing with, hockey. It has everything to do with who makes the fucking decisions. It isn't John Tortorella. Yeah, I think it might who, be John Tortorella. <laughs> who? That's who great. Signed? Listen, I've said all along, I think he is angling for a position higher up. And ultimately, the fruits of his labor will not be seen while he's behind the bench. It will be when he is the president of Hockey Ops. But until that happens, this organization gets zero benefit of the doubt because they're run by imbeciles who still as far as I've seen, haven't acknowledged the obvious. This team sucks and is going nowhere. Still, nobody with any decision-making power has acknowledged that. There's a letter from the coach. The coach knows. We knew this from day one. He said this shit in training camp. So what did you want? Somebody above him to say he's right. But they, but they're, they're saying that by releasing it. No, they're it. not. Yes, they are. Because there's no, way this, exactly there's no way this would have been released if they didn't approve it. It's exactly what they've done all year. Let John, John Tortorella say the shit John Tortorella is going to say, and the people who agree with him will go, oh, yeah, see, they know what they're doing. And the people above him will go, ha, fuck them, we're still confident. No, there's a huge, huge difference between letting John Tortorella speak off the cuff to the media, which they know they can't control what John Tortorella says to the media on a given day. They've accepted that. And having John Tortorella's preferred message to go out to season ticket holders and go through about 50,000 different approval processes and getting the rubber stamp from Dave Scott and ownership. There's a huge difference between the two of those things. Then put your name on it. If you believe in it, put your name on it. So, okay. Once, one sec here, please. Um, since it's, everyone wants to talk about the Rangers letter as like the gold standard of we're, we're fucking terrible letters. Um, did Dolan sign that letter? Oh, no. Was it like from the Rangers organization? It, I don't or? believe it was from anyone. It just it was, was. It was basically right? just like a press release. I feel like people have retconned that letter. Oh, they have. Lot, it's totally. It's totally been. Pe- the word rebuild wasn't even dropped in that letter. It's totally been no. retconned. People act like that letter was like we are a horrible hockey team. We are going to tear it all down and build from the bottom up. And it wasn't. It was in spirit kind of exactly what John Tortorella said. There were some explicit things in that Rangers letter that were missing, like, we're going to trade some dudes, Yeah, I think was essentially that said was in the, the Rangers letter. But, but it was essentially the same. You know, it's going to suck for a little while. This team has a lot of work to do. They're going to be bad before they're good. Like, all of that kind of, that essence was there in this letter. And I think that the problem here which I think, to Bill's point, makes a lot of sense, is that we all know, and I think John Tortorella knows, that the people currently in charge aren't going to fix this. Like, they don't know how to fix it, or they're unwilling to fix it. So even if they are approving of this message, until they do, like, if Chuck Fletcher makes some kind of trade in the next week that says to me, oh, wait, Maybe he realizes, like, if he does the TK thing that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, maybe then I'll be like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe they do know what's happening. But right now, they haven't shown us anything that we should believe they know what they're doing as far as fixing this team. And that's, that begs my next question is why now? 
why is this why is it imperative right now? The trade deadline is March 3rd, so under a month away. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Like, to me, it's a couple of reasons. One, it's just a season ticket renewal ploy. Yep. Oh, it, it, that's, that, that's absolutely yeah, part that's, of it. <clears throat> if you're not an idiot, uh, you know the direction this team is going in. They go, hey, see, we see it too. Okay. All right. I guess. Uh, still, it doesn't give me a ton of confidence that it's from the coach. Are they preparing us for something? So, or did they just want it to line up with the State of the Union? I feel yeah. like the best <laughs> the case scenario. Yeah, the actual State of the <laughs> Union. Like, to me, the best case scenario is this is in preparation of, yeah, you know, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny, they're fucking gone. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Kevin, case, I, I don't think Travis Konechny's going anywhere. Kevin Hayes is, that's, it's more interesting. It sounds <laughs> like there's actual interest in Hayes, which is surprising and, opt, you know, gives me some optimism, but we're, I just mean like best case scenario is they're putting this out now so that they can refer to it when they do actually do something that's in the vein of this, Hey, we get it, we know, and we have to start over sort of situation and go, we prepared you for this. Or it's just marketing bullshit. So I think it's a little bit of both. I, I do think yeah. that the I think the season ticket holder thing is is a key part of this. They're trying to get renewals. They know that that place hasn't been full all year. And they know that there's a good chance they're going to bleed even more season ticket renewal people, season ticket renewals. They know that. They're trying to get out in front of it. Number two, and this is honestly just a logistical thing, they, they have the team hasn't played in a week. This does give gaps in the schedule, because it had been a very busy schedule. Gaps in the schedule do give everyone involved in the, the, to the higher-ups a chance to kind of take a step back and have conversations that are a little bit harder to have when you know, you're trying to you know, watch a hockey team every day, which is, I mean, my job, and I can tell you, it's time-consuming. It takes up a lot of your time. So that's part of it, too. Number three, and this is where I do think a little bit of what you're saying, Bill, can come into play here. I didn't see the letter as really—it it didn't strike me as them, like, preparing us for anything imminent. What did strike me as them potentially preparing people for something imminent was the thing that came out today about them basically giving— the three home games in April, they're based what they're, so what they're doing. What they're doing here is they're basically saying, hey, if you're a season ticket holder and you renew for next year. We're, and you renew, which is a big part. It's a big part of it. We will give you a credit for those three games. So basically those three games will count towards your package for next year, meaning that you will only have to pay for 38 home games next year rather than 41. Now, why that is interesting to me, aside from the fact that it's very clearly a ploy to try to get people to renew. That's funny. Also, you know, sure, you know, as season ticket holders, if you're still sticking around, you deserve all the, you know, all the, uh, you know, <laughs> all, all the things. Give them all the things. That's cool. But no, that's, uh, everything we made fun of season ticket holders for demanding, if you're still there, you deserve all of it and more. Yeah. Like, if you're sticking through this and you're going to buy next year, too, yeah. you know what? Demand away. Yeah. You should get a milkshake again. All the promos, all the stuff, you know, everything like that. But... It does, it does propose an interesting idea because by saying that the three games in April are now free for season ticket holders, 
there is an element of an admission that these those, are games. those games aren't gonna have any like relevancy whatsoever with regards to anything we're not battling for a playoff spot in april and also by then there might be some of the good players that you're watching now some of the ones they do have they might not be here anymore come april so here we're going to give you some free games because that's not the team you thought you were you you even thought you were paying for so that was a that to me was more interesting from it like something could happen at the deadline type of thing versus the letter the letter to me was more just them two months later admitting that John Tortorella was right in December. That to me was what the letter was. That's which is good. It, yeah, it's, no, it's progress. It's, if it's if they go forward acting as if that's actually true, what John Tortorella has been saying since he got hired is true and we see it, and we're going to acknowledge it and do something about it, awesome. I just refuse to give these people any benefit of the doubt because they have earned none. They've done absolutely nothing. <coughs> I'm dying again. Still have COVID. <laughs> uh, but, like, we are sitting here again through yet another lost season, and they have done nothing, still nothing, to try to improve or try to get worse, or they just constantly play out a string of meaningless games. Like, oh, you're going to give people three free ones in April? What about the last two years? Like, none of these games have been meaningful basically since, like, COVID hit the team in the outdoor game. The, like, it, nothing has counted since then. Uh, and they just keep doing nothing. I can't possibly, cannot possibly give them any sort of benefit of the doubt when I've been watching the same thing over and over for multiple seasons. Oh, the thanks. Real... Yeah, you, you gave up a second, third, and fourth for Tony D, and you gave up a first for, Ra for Rasmus Ristolainen. Appreciate it, guys. Fucking appreciate it. Well, Tony's from here. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's important. <laughs> so they um... saved on moving costs, at least. Uh, what was I going to say? My brain turned off. Oh, the real mistake here is that is watching hockey. Well, that yeah, the real mistake happened in like 1996 for me. But um, <laughs> the real mistake was letting those few wins against shitty teams in California save Chuck Fletcher's job. That because the like, vibes were getting real fiery. The most optimistic thing and you know i yelled for the first 10 minutes of the show about not putting anyone in the front office's name on the letter like the thing i take the most optimism from is that it wasn't co-signed by fletcher fletcher's done right like he's out i don't know well see to me that was like you yelled about it being a half measure that they didn't have dave scott's name or whatever to me the half measure here and I think this is the half measure for most people. And as Kelly said at the yeah. start of the show, everything the Flyers do to the vast majority of fans, particularly those of the online variety, everything, anything the Flyers do short of firing Chuck Fletcher is going to be viewed as a half measure because they fucking hate the guy. And, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that the reason why John Torrell's name was on this letter is because ownership knows that John Tortorella is liked and trusted by a lot of the fans, and Chuck Fletcher is hated and distrusted by pretty much all the fans. So they know that. They know that to the degree that they're not willing to stick their general manager's name on the big letter to season ticket holders. They know that. They acknowledge it. Yet, they're going to keep him around. Right. Yes, that's the problem. Like, like that, that to me is the half measure because it's like you kind of like you want to have your cake and eat it, too. You want to be like, see, we get it. We know how bad this is, but we're not going to serve you up the meat that you want, which is this guy's head on a spike. But and to me, that's once again, the problem. They like him because he's part of the family. He's Bobby Clark's buddy. So yeah. he gets to stay, even though he's fucking horrible at his job, but the people ab above him are all bad at their jobs, so they don't get how bad he is. Like, if they acknowledge that things are awful and they need to change, and 
but say Chuck Fletcher's the dude to do it, uh, that means we're in for 10 more years of this. Like, that's all that means, is that this is going to continue for a, even longer than it has to. And it's not going to be quick with a goddamn genius at the helm. Yeah, I just, uh... yeah. I just don't see, I mean, regardless of, we've litigated and relitigated and talked about the Chuck Fletcher tenure for so much on this show. But regardless, how is he still employed? <laughs> regardless of how much of it is his fault, how much of it is bad luck, how much of it is whatever, there is no saving this from a like fan base trust standpoint with Chuck. Like it's over. No. It's over. Like people hate this it, like, fucking guy. They hate it. If he, it, like, what could he do outside of like trading for Connor McDavid to get anyone's trust back? Like, I can't, there's nothing realistic that he could do that, because no. it would all just be like, okay, cool, you're negative 80, and you made up, a, okay, now you're negative 79, way to go, you made one move, like, what? Yeah, well, that's the thing, like, anything that he did, even, like, it would take a year before anyone would admit if it was good or bad, like, especially after the Ellis thing which we were all so very excited about. Oh. And it turned out to be an abject disaster. So even if he goes out right now and he makes a trade that instantly looks like a win for the Flyers. That like, is true. I, I might be excited about it, but I'm hedging a little bit until like next season when I see what that dude does. If he yeah. did that, that's fair. It, like if he traded for like an all-star, I would put money on the idea that that all-star gets hit by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> Like, uh, there's just no fucking, like, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to, like, Sam Hinkie. Like, if you liked Hinkie or didn't, the guy just had bad luck, and you needed to move on from that bad luck. If Chuck Fletcher's whole problem is luck, we need to get this juju out of the organization. <laughs> like, even if it's just that, we need to rid ourselves of that. It's, it's, I, I think that they're going to really regret because I, I do agree with you, Bill, that I think that they know that this is over. And because of that, letting him have control over this deadline is like a real problem. Because if you're going to fire him this summer or simply make him just president and hire somebody else, whatever the fuck you're going to do to solve this Chuck Fletcher problem, you shouldn't let him make any more decisions if he's a lame duck. Like, wh what are we doing? Why are we doing this? It doesn't no, make any sense. This is allowing Paul Holmgren to give Andrew McDonald the contract. Yeah, but right. like yeah. for a year, like allowing that to go on for a year plus rather than a day. Like, oh yeah. fuck, man, we thought we, we we thought we could just leave you alone while we were on vacation, and we couldn't <laughs> do that. Like, you burned the house down. So, like, no, it's it's yeah, that that person's still in charge after he burned the house down, and oh, he did it again. Like, I just—it's—it's <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I guess it's—it's it's truly, it's truly wild to me. And like, I guess this—you know—and look, I come at this from a different perspective because number one, like, I don't have the total like visceral hatred of Chuck Fletcher that you guys and the vast majority of the online fan base does because I deal with the guy and, like, he's a nice enough dude. Like, I don't particularly like to see him, like, you know, decapitated at the guillotine like everybody wants him to be. That said, it does shock me. Like, it's very clear that ownership, like, wants to be liked. Like, they really, they really want people to like them. And like They're doing a real fucking one job thing. Like, like there's there's one thing they could do that everyone would lose their like be like yeah this is great yes. we're happy with you and like they just won't do it and it's wild to me how much they care about being liked yet they like they won't do the one thing like look uh, here's the thing with Chuck Fletcher like even if you even if you give him like the benefit of the doubt and you say that you know he's gotten a lot of bad luck and whatnot, like it's not like he's like the greatest GM ever. It, it, it's impossible for me to envision a scenario where like in six years, like everyone's like, man, we shouldn't have let Chuck Fletcher leave. Like I, I guess it's it just it's wild to me that they they continue to not want to do this thing that everyone wants them to do despite the fact that they care enough about everyone being mad at them to release letters like this. You know what I mean? Right. They're, 
it's it's it would be such a simple way to galvanize the entire fan base behind the organization. It's one thing. Like it would yeah. it would almost be more like I could get it more if I just didn't think they gave a shit. If they were just like, you know what? Fuck these fans. They're stupid. They don't get what we're doing here. So we're going to keep doing what we do. Like, I would think that's insane. But I would at least be like, well, it's consistent. Like, that's why they're keeping everybody. <laughs> but, like, they, again, they just, they want to do this, like, half in, half out thing where it's like, no, we feel your pain. But, like, that one thing you really, really want us to do, we're not going to do that for you. And that's why, like, Listen, I want Chuck Fletcher fired, but that alone accomplishes nothing. Like, I mean, the guy His has no... replacement makes a big difference. Yeah, like, the guy has no credentials. He's never been to a conference final. He's been running a hockey team for a decade, and, like, he's never done the bare minimum. He's made the playoffs a few times. Like, it's fucking hockey. It's basically pinball. Everyone makes the playoffs every now and then. <laughs> like, oh, your goalie was good for two months. You're in the playoffs. Congratulations. Like, he's never accomplished anything in the sport of note. But I don't care about Chuck Fletcher. It's those people above him. It's why he has the job. Because they don't know what they're doing. And firing him? Cool. Great. When they fired Ron Hextall, you know what I said? Oh, well, it's not going to get any worse. And Chuck Fletcher, oh, we have a bias for action. Remember all that? We were so yeah, how'd that go? Well, they, they did do go? stuff. They did stuff. <laughs> Mostly wasn't good stuff. <laughs> no, they did stuff for they did stuff for a couple of days, and then they stopped doing stuff entirely. They no work one or two days. They work one or two days a year, and then never do anything again. And cross their fingers. Oh wow, yeah, half of our players are dead. Well, I don't know. Bring up Ian Perrier's favorite guys, I guess. Like, oh well, <laughs> guess what? Guess what's not going to work? That. Like, uh, uh, it's just. I know there's nothing we can do about ownership, and that's why I never want to really talk about it. Yeah. But unless there's a real change in the dynamic, or those people actually start to fucking understand the root of the problem, and that there won't be an actual organizational change. And that's what leads me to the question Is John Tortorella running thing? Like, putting his name Charlie on it. Charlie was making a I, lot of faces earlier. I, I he's, know no, the reason he, he's not running things, but I think it's abundantly clear that like between Fletcher and Tortorella, like one guy actually has pull and one guy really like he does because like in theory he could like trade away a bunch of dudes and like he's president and, and GM so he could. But like if there's ever if there's ever an opportunity for, like, ownership to pick between Tortorella and Fletcher, they're picking Tortorella, and everybody knows it. So Tortorella does have a lot more power than I think people realize. And that's, like, if John Tortorella is angling for the authoritative positions where he's more than just the bench ball, awesome. I don't know if he's the answer. Like, maybe as a... Maybe not the everyday decision maker, but just the go-between, like, the hockey man in that spot to talk to ownership and, it, like, make them understand why things are necessary. That's cool. I don't know if I want him as the guy, you know, developing players and drafting guy into it. Like, I don't know. Probably not. He's not young enough for that. But just in that position of, I know the fucking game? Uh, it, 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 it seems like they could do a lot worse than him. I'm hoping that's what's going on, and it's not just, well, people like the coach, so we're going to put his face on it. I like don't... That, that's the wrong reason to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is, like, you keep saying this, and I, 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 don't, I wonder if it's, like, more, like, wish than anything. Like, I don't think John Tortorella is, like, angling to take Chuck Fletcher's job as GM. Not, not angling. I just think his... If his ultimate goal is restoring respect to the Flyers organization and bringing us back to that level of glory and honor, there's zero chance he accomplishes that as the coach of this team unless he's going to coach into his fucking 80s. So if his ultimate goal is that, then it's moving up into the organization. Yeah, or or creating a foundation for the next coach, you know, maybe a a protege of some sorts, something like that. Like that's possible. I I just I think Tortorella is like most coaches, where he while he knows 
that he is not a general manager. And I don't think he wants to be the general manager in the sense that he makes all the decisions. But he does want a degree of control over which players get gone and which players stay and which player, which types of players they bring in. Like, every coach wants that degree of control. They want to be able to say, I don't like this guy, get him out of here. And, like, is that being the GM, like, no, he's not saying, like, no. tra- like trade Kevin Hayes for a second-round pick and retain X amount of salary. It's more that he wants to have the power to basically say to whoever is doing those things, like, this is what I want you to do, now find a way to do it. And my point is, is that I think right now, like, let me put it this way. Let's say John Tortorella goes to Chuck Fletcher and says, you got to get rid of Kevin Hayes. I can't deal with him. I don't think the situation is that bad. This is just a thought experiment. But let's say he does that. He says that to Fletcher. Then Fletcher spends a month looking into trade possibilities and tells Dave Scott, like, I, I know we, you've been involved in this idea of maybe trade, trading Kevin Hayes. We can't do it. There's nothing out there. And then, then Torts says to Dave Scott or through back channels or whatever is like, I can't win with this guy. Get rid of him. I think given the, the prospective job securities, the respective job securities of both guys, that Dave Scott and the ownership might be like, Chuck, you are on the hot seat. Find a way to get rid of this guy that the coach we like a lot more than you right now wants gone. That's more what I mean by he has power. It's not that he's pulling all the strings, but it's that if he wants to go to war for something, he can win it. And because, like, let me put it this way. If you're in Chuck Fletcher's spot and you know that if you go to war with your coach, you're going to lose, that means you're not going to go to war with him. You're just going to do what he wants you to do. That's where the power comes from. Yeah, and John is in a great position of no matter who he wants gone, the public will agree with him because there's <laughs> no one on the team anyone likes. Like, really. oh, you know, I, I have some reservations about you wanting to outright release Carter Hart, but honestly, I don't give a shit. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know? like yeah, Scott Lawton, maybe I'd have some problems with, but if there's one guy on the team the coach likes, it's got to be Scott Lawton. So, like, he might be the only guy. Yeah, he might be the one of the 30 guys. So at least we won't lose that. And it's like, I don't know. I just, all the legacy stuff Tortorella talked about in really coming into the season. Uh, and just how he talked about the Flyers. And he, listen, he's also media savvy. He knows how to get to people like me. Like, yeah, talk up the fucking history. Say you want to return that. Like, I get it. I know I'm being fucking, you know, I'm being placated. Pandering but also, Pandering but works. Like, yeah, like, I understand he's pandering to me, but also, like, he's not making that up. He's not pulling it out of thin air. I'm sure he had more than one job offer, and I bet one, I bet one of those job offers was in a better situation than the place with no great players and no cap space. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the Tortorella thing, as I said, it's not that he's, like, it's as I as I kind of hinted. It's it's like you're not going to go to war with someone you know you're not going to win a war against. So then you're just going to do what they want you to do. And I think that's the position that Tortorella and Fletcher are in right now. And again, this goes back to my point about like a half measure. If you're if you're at the point with Fletcher where you're clearly siding with the coach over the GM on this messaging in December, which is the way this plays. Whether they intended it or not, that's the way this plays. Because the Tortorella letter was basically exactly what he said in early December, right before Chuck Fletcher went up there and was like, we're five points out of a playoff spot, we still think we can be competitive. Guess what? If they, want, if they wanted to do that, they could. Because the team since Christmas hasn't been that bad from a record standpoint. No, no. They yeah. could, I mean, it would be completely delusional and insane. But if they were willing to do it after a 10-game losing streak, they certainly could have chosen to, done it, to, to have done it, you know, after they're on a 100-point pace for a month and a half. But they didn't. They chose to, to go with the messaging that Tortorella wanted which is a change, but it's like, if you're going to pick that messaging over the messaging the GM preferred, then, like, why is the GM still here? That's, yeah, that's my thing. Dude. That's my thing. I, I absolutely love that they've played much better, 
and they lost ground in that time. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not really... enough. No, not enough. No, but they're still like a bottom ten team, right? Yeah, they're like... they're six points out of the final wild card at the moment. They have they have played a bunch more games than the Penguins who hold it, but like they are they were five points out in early December. They are now six points out now. But how That's many not points? Bad. They in... were like nine last points... week, weren't they? My thing is how many points into the lottery picks are they? Because that's where I was getting worried. They were starting to play themselves out of the lottery. Well, I mean, they're going to, they're going to be in the lottery as long as they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not. It's more a matter of whether they play themselves out of the top ten. That, that, that's the one that I'm on. All right. Let's look. Uh, I think they're pr- like well out oh, of that's, the top no, ten. Not, not the league. The league. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine. They are exactly tenth, tied Price. with Ottawa with two game, two more games played than Ottawa. So they're tenth. Everyone, please just settle down. <laughs> just, like, the games are going to get tougher. Like they're playing better teams. I that's do think, true. Yeah. I do think they're going to lose more the rest of the way. Which again, like that's why I kind of appreciate the whole like, hey, these April games ain't going to matter because we're not going to try to. We're not going to try to sell you the idea that we are going to be competing for a playoff spot. We at least and know they're that. Gonna, they're going to trade some guys, well, right? JVR is like, getting moved. I don't know. I don't trust Chuck Fletcher to be able to get it back done to, because he stinks. No. Yeah, he's, he's not very good. Um, <laughs> are they, like, my idea that maybe they're preparing us for something is a bit, like, Charlie, you said Hayes is a possibility. Yeah. Do you think there's any re- any reasonable chance that it's TK or Provorov? I don't think there is any chance it's TK. Provorov is more of a, like, I don't think, I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen at the deadline. Obviously. But, like, hey, if somebody blows them away with an offer, they're listening. You know what I mean? I would be surprised if Provorov goes at the deadline. I don't think it's going to happen. But, like, it's at least it's at least in the realm of possibility. I don't think Travis Konechny is even in the realm of possibility. I think, you know, we just talked about this, and I actually I responded to somebody in my comment section on the article I wrote on the Tortorella letter this morning, and basically they were like, well, does this make it more or less likely that Travis Konechny is going to be traded? And I was like, honestly, I mean— Fletcher wasn't going to trade him regardless because, like, Chuck knows he's trying to keep his job and Konecki's the best player on the freaking team, so, like, he's not going to trade him away because he's trying to sell the idea they don't need to rebuild. But Tortorella gaining more power in this doesn't help the TK situation at all if you want them to trade him because Tortorella loves the guy. And Tortorella yeah. wants Travis Konecki to be part of this. So Tortorella... This is why this is where it goes back to the whole concept that Tortorella was hired maybe one or two years too soon. Because Tortorella is looking that at this as yeah. I'm in a rebuild, but I'm in year one of the rebuild. Whereas I think they probably needed a year or two more of just stinking before they actually <laughs> yeah. started the rebuild. But because this is year one of the rebuild for Tortorella, at least he believes they should be in a rebuild. But because this is year one of a rebuild, he's already looking at the guys in the team and being like, all right. My rebuilds take about two, three years. So Travis Konechny should be part of my rebuild. I I don't want him gone. So we need to keep Travis Konechny. Now, my whole problem with the Tortor my whole problem with the whole Tortorella hire, and I've said this on multiple occasions, it was never that I didn't think Tortorella was a good coach. It was that actually I thought he was too good of a coach because the, yeah, I was gonna say it's the opposite because the fl- what, we what the Flyers going to do this yeah what the Flyers needed was another couple years of being real bad probably unintentionally just from sheer incompetence to stack <laughs> their prospect pool with a bunch of future potential future stars guys with that kind of upside <sighs> then you bring in John Tortorella to implement the you know the accountability and the culture and all that shit. And then, then if you start year one of the actual rebuild in two years, then he makes sense as a hire because you've got Cutter Gauthier and two or three other guys that are on Cutter Gauthier's level instead of just Cutter Gauthier and whoever they get at pick 11 in this draft. Like, that's my issue. I think they hired Tortorella a year or two too soon. Now, Grant, I don't know if they could have hired him a year or two later because, like, 
he ain't young. But that was my whole problem with the Tortorella hire was that I didn't like the timing. I like the coach. I didn't like the timing. I still have those same concerns with this whole thing because I don't think Travis Konechny fits the timing for a good team. But what I think John Tortorella is going to do is he's going to make the Flyers okay. He's going to build this culture and he's going to make them better. But he's going to make them better with the ceiling of a good team, not the ceiling of a great team. And then we're going to have to go through this again for another five, six years before that falls apart. And then they have to actually rebuild the fucking thing. I love this. I really uh, like. <laughs> imagine what they're paying their front office staff. And the three of us all basically said this was exactly what was going to happen, like in August. Like, you could pay us so much less. Yeah, here's the thing, Flyers. You'd be coming um, out way ahead. Just let one of us run the organization. Doesn't we, even have to be all three. Pick one out of the hat. fired, so, you know. Yeah, I'm available. If you want to pay us to I'm do something. <laughs> My contract's up in February. You want a new general manager. I, well, you know, baby. I, I, got, I, got, I got nothing but time here, Flyers. He's got I, ideas. Yeah, think about how entertaining these press conferences would be. I mean, must-see fucking television. You'd make them fun. General manager Bill Max. Butts in oh, seats. Accent yeah. and Dis- all. The, dis- <laughs> the disrespect that I would show Charlie in the press conferences. <laughs> I, would, I would speak to the media twice a week just to fuck with Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, um... Kevin Hayes, where's he gonna go? <laughs> I hate, I fucking hate them so much that they put us in this position that we have to like talk about nonsense. I, you know how nice a playoff push would be to talk about. Like, remember? God, I would days? love that. Even the fake, like, oh yeah, yeah, we had a ten game losing streak, but we're still pushing for the playoffs. Like, at least that felt real. <laughs> like, this is, I, they're just stuck in the fucking mud, and they have been for so long. Who, who the fuck's going to take Kevin Hayes' contract? Who is this team? Is it Edmonton? I, I've, we've talked about Colorado as a possibility if the Flyers retain. Oh, retain. They badly need to replace that Nas Kadri role. Like, Kadri is by no That's means a, fair a star. Point. By no means a star. But they missed that secondary scoring so bad. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Hayes, the way he's playing this year, is that. He scores. Yeah, he scores the he's, points. He scores. And, you know, the, the thing about the Avs is that, like, their way of playing defense is just to have the puck a lot. And that have probably fits, yeah. tr- fits Kevin Hayes, who, like, isn't that good at the defense. He likes to have the puck. Yeah. A fucking wild concept. Just doing offense all the time. Yeah. Be on <laughs> offense. You know, when the other team can't score, when you have it. When you're scoring. Like, the, no matter how good your positioning is, they can always just fucking throw it at the net and can go in. If you have it, they can't do that. Can't do it. Just um, keep keep the puck. Uh, any sort of, like, wild card guys you think could potentially be... Chuck Fletcher isn't going to do fucking shit. Nothing. We're going to have the exact same roster on March 4th that we have today. Like, I don't even know why, like, I br- oh, any wild cards? Like, yeah, you know who's going to get traded? Justin Braun. And you know who's, you know well, I mean, he back? probably Justin is, Braun. if anybody wants Justin him. Braun. To me, I, I mean, to me, the the one wild card, and this, to be clear, this is just pure, pure speculation on my part. This isn't anything I've heard. But the one wild card who I could at least, like, you know, maybe is D'Angelo. And the reason is, it like, makes sense. No, but the reason is, is because he only has another year left on his deal. He hasn't been playing that well, but he does score a lot of points. And like, I don't think they're going to trade him because I think they like the whole. I think Torts likes him as a person. He likes his attitude, oh, and I think the I think ownership awesome. likes the fact that he's local that they can sell that. Paisans. But Pisons. but that that doesn't like he he played on the third pair last night. They know he yeah. sucks at defense. Like, this ain't working. They got him because they thought, hey, maybe he can be the Proveroff whisperer. And I, I got news for you. He ain't whispering. So, like, <laughs> he's a guy who, if somebody who decides they want to get a power play quarterback, 
you know, maybe they blow you away with an offer and you're like, well, we're not, we're not trying to trade him, but sure, if you're willing to give us a first round pick in 2023, we'll give you Tony D'Angelo. That works. The only thing about that signing that didn't make me want to kill myself was when I looked at the contract, I'm like, oh, well, they can totally trade him at the deadline, like super easily, but he's been so bad that I was kind of thinking that option was off the table. Yeah, because good I, I, teams yeah. have good defensemen to exactly. pair him with. Yeah, he could fit on a good team, <laughs> we as we discussed. Fair. The Flyers are just not that Carolina team. Did that. But, like, he's the only guy I can theoretically see, because you look at it like, okay, Hayes is a possibility. JVR is getting moved as long as anybody wants him. Connecty, we've decided, almost certainly isn't. Joe Farabee, like, I just, you're selling low on him, and he's young. Yeah. He actually does fit your timeline. That doesn't make much sense, sense to me. Scott Lawton Torts loves him. Nick Deloria, yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> Owen Tippett, they like him. Kate's Torts, like, thinks he's, like, the greatest player ever. Frost and Allison, I mean, if you trade one of those guys, that's, like, an offseason move when you're trying to trade for, like, a veteran. Then you got Provorov, who, like, as we said, I think his name's out there. But, you know, I'm not expecting him to be moved at the deadline. It's possible. Sanheim has a set an eight-year contract kicking in next season. He ain't got a lot of trade value. They're not trading York. They're not trading Carter Hart. Like, Ristolainen is Ristolainen. Like, do wait, but do you think anyone? Someone has told might the want other him. GMs about the good news of Rasmus. <laughs> Maybe we just need to talk more. About Gotta have playoff that. Risto. Wait until you see playoff Risto. Are you in the playoffs? Yeah. He's only yes. a decade into his career without ever making it. Can we interest you in a Ristolainen? He will be great in the playoffs. Oh, my God. But so, yeah, the only guy who I could see is, like, maybe a, a wild. And to be clear, I don't think he's going to get traded. But, like, D'Angelo at least makes some theoretical sense to me as, like, I could yeah. see how if they got bowled over with a surprise offer by a team that, like, you know, their number one defenseman gets hurt and they want to try to run for the playoffs. Like, I could see it. I could see it. Charlie. Yes. Norris Trophy, right now. Who are you voting for? Um, that's a good question. I mean, what? Eric yeah. Carlson's got like the most hype, right? I really haven't looked at the the numbers. Um Carlson yes. could have a hundred point season. Yeah, like, I mean the Carlson story is really neat. Um I, I I would really need to dive into the data and, and see, you know, who's got the uh you know, who's been the best at even strength, things like that. But, I mean, the Carlson story, purely as a, like, I haven't looked into this at all, at all, it does seem like the most compelling story. And, like, good for him. I'm you glad people he, and your story. I'm glad he's, ESPN, like, back to what he used to be. ESPN put out, uh, like, they do a lot of straw polls with awards voting. They talk to however many PHWA voters today. And... Carlson has like almost 60% of the first place votes I think I saw and Rasmus Dahlin came in at number two. So what I will say about Dahlin, so I have not really looked at Eric Carlson's underlying metrics. And my I, boy Morrissey is, is falling off. I have looked at Rasmus Dahlin's underlying metrics and they fucking rule. And the reason why I know them is because I did a story on the day of the, the all-star game this weekend. It was basically like the five biggest all-star snubs. And I originally, like, I started writing that article earlier in the week because I wanted to, like, make sure it was good and do research and stuff. And Darlene was, like, the number one, like, he's a snub. I can't wait to talk this guy up. And I, like, was all ready to, like, you know, advocate for him. And then Tage Thompson, I think, got hurt, like, the, the last game of the, uh, before the break. And they had to bring, uh, and they had to bring um, uh, Darlene in so then he wasn't a snub anymore because he actually was on the team but no Darlene's been killing it and it, that's another like good for him I mean I think a lot of people kind of had given up on him as a uh, you know a true stud number one defenseman and it seems like he was just coached really bad because ever since they changed coaches Darlene's looked pretty damn good well maybe that's been the case with the other Rasmus from Buffalo too I mean they have so many look this the thing with Ristolainen Ours, is that so. his numbers this year underlying are pretty good. Now, granted, he's not scoring. Granted, he's not worth a $5.1 million cap hit. But I do think <laughs> this is the first time, and this is really pathetic. Like, this is really pathetic. This is the first time in his career, I truly believe this, that a coaching staff was given Rastus Ristolainen and watched him play and was like, this dude stinks. 
he needs to make changes because every other coaching staff he's ever had has been like, no, he's big and he hits people and he gets points on the power play. This dude is the fucking man. Give him 26 minutes a night. And John Tortorella and, and, uh, and Brad Shaw were the first two coaches, I think, in this guy's fucking career that were like, okay, we watched this guy for a month and he is real bad. We need to change everything about him and mold him into a different <laughs> defenseman because who is he is right like, now fucking sucks. Is there like a coaching revolution going to happen? Like, at some point, is the league going to look at itself and go, the coaching is so bad. Like, they've taken all the fun out of the game and none of our players are any good. And, so, like, I, I just... Has the NHL ever once done something like that? Like, some kind of self-reflective Maybe. that makes I, sense? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe before I was born or something. <laughs> no. I, I don't know what happened Maybe in the 80s. Maybe when all of these people are dead and the, we're The all 80s dead? were fun, like, I've heard. Yeah, I heard goals. the 80s were great, but I was born in 88. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I often no, think I, I'm the problem because I, I, I was you're, born you're, in you're 88 the and that's when they stopped going. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, Risto's been better this year, not to the point where, again, not to the point where he's worth that contract, which is still insane. But you, you heard for so many years that, like, Risto's got all these tools. You could mold him into a better defenseman. That was always what people said to the analytics people. Like, no, he's better than you think. He's just been coached poorly. And it's like, okay, game. well, maybe, but, like, Somebody ha like there has to be a coach who comes in and acknowledges that he's been coached poorly. But all these coaches just kept coming in and being like, "Big man hits, love him." <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what I'm saying. Like these are the this is the higher. It doesn't get higher than this. This is the NHL, and it's happened to this one guy for like a decade. Yeah, there has to be it's like. Wild. It's bonkers. <laughs> there has to be a groundswell. Like, there have to be good coaches somewhere. Like, did anybody watch are the coming... tape of this guy? These like, did players are coming actually from watch his fucking tape? Someone had to teach, like, Nathan McKinnon how to play. Let's get that guy. <laughs> I don't know. These guys have to guts all. Like, they have to come from somewhere. I... You'd think the coaches are coming from the same place as these awesome players. Well, That's I just, all. I, one of my Loki favorite <laughs> Tortorella quotes this year, um, since I've started covering him, was on Risto. It was when he, um, when he scratched Risto for that game. And then he brought him back in the next game. And it wasn't me. I think it might have been Jordan Hall who asked him, what does Risto line need to improve? And George just said, Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I almost started cracking up laughing in the room. I mean, I, you have to say, though, like, it's pretty remarkable that they were able to fix him at all, given how wrong he's been bad. Yeah. No, and I give, so Risto, like, I give Risto credit for, like, being yeah. willing to take coaching and not just be like, hey, like, I've been the number one defenseman on my teams pretty much every year before last like so not being pro he was not pro overall. I, you know i kind of i thought of that as i was saying it yeah the anti-pro bro no i give him credit he's he's legitimately when, kind of remaking himself into like a bigger faster justin braun which is i mean hey not worth 5.1 million dollars but at least it's not like negative value on the ice yeah that's the thing we're stuck with him so if he can get a little bit better like that's very good for all of us yeah so we got the letter and we got the news that season ticket holders are going to be, you know, comp the games in April, basically, um, you know, <laughs> if they renew. Yeah, if they uh, When, so we have, like, the organization acknowledge, at least in some way, the organization acknowledging shit's bad, things need to change, whatever. When does the first domino fall? Like, is it a deadline thing? Like, when does something actually happen? Someone gets fired. Someone gets traded. Like, when? When do we actually see something come of the words the coach has been saying since he got hired? There's no way they, they're letting, like, there's no way Chuck Fletcher is going to be the guy making the pick of the draft, right? Kelly, do you really want to say that out loud? <laughs> I want to make it true, Charles. I don't look. 
if, if I, I had know. to put money on it, I would bet that Fletcher does not like that he is let go after these. Maybe not like immediately after the season, but like that he is let go in the offseason. That said, like I don't think it is a foregone conclusion. I could see them deciding to keep him because, as you said, they really like him. They do like him, and obviously, the you know, as as Steph refers to them, the tribunal. They really like Chuck, and they don't seem to be going anywhere ever. He's part of the team. Ever. All right. Do we uh, have anything else? What if we send What's Bob the Clark point? a brochure for the villages? Do you think he knows about the villages in Florida? Do you think maybe <laughs> if we send him a brochure, he might be interested? I mean, he like all these guys are basically retired. Like they go away know, for long periods here. of time. They need to go away for all the time. Yeah, it's just like time. when a job opens up, they go, "Hey, Bob, you know anyone?" Yeah, yeah that that is nice. yeah that is basically Stop yeah. Him. yeah. Let him go yeah. be. Yeah, like, isn't golf fulfilling enough? Everyone loves golf. What I've heard. Just enjoy, like, you know, there's going to be a parade. There's going to be a parade next Thursday. Just enjoy it as a citizen. You gave us two as a player. Now get to enjoy it as just Citizen Bob. Yeah, you can. Citizen Bob. Oh, my God. Your watch is over, sir. Uh, Yeah, you did it, man. Thank you for your service. service. (laughs) You know? You fucked us more than the the two championships you gave us, but you gave us those two. <laughs> Kelly, thanks. I I did find your interaction on Twitter funny today about like there was that poll about like the oh, worst yeah. GM, and I mean you make like look. I understand why most people look at that poll. The, what the four options were, I believe it was Clark, Holmgren, Fletcher, and Hextall. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand why people look at it, and I I totally get this. I understand why people look at it and they say, okay, look, like, obviously Chuck did a really bad, is doing a really bad job. Hextall, like, whereas, like, Clark and Holmgren at least built, like, legitimately good teams that could have won the championship. However, Kelly, they didn't. Kelly, I, I get With your argument. With an unlimited budget, yeah, Bob yeah, Clark couldn't that figure could out have, what they needed. It's right, fair. They could, he could have gotten any player, literally any player he wanted. And, like, the he best defenseman was Eric Desjardins. The blank check. He could have like, gotten any player. He could have went out and purchased the entire all-star roster from that, from any given season in the 90s. He just didn't know how to put an entire team together. And also, had the Connor McDavid of his generation and was like, fuck this guy, he's a pussy, he keeps getting hit in the head. Like, what? Never gave him a gold time? Like, he had... Here's Ron and, um, Hextall again. Yeah, it's it it the I listen. Competitive teams are competitive teams, but y- you didn't win shit. And I'm very tired of the idea that just and being they, competitive is good like, enough. Like, compet- I'm, I'm, like I don't want I don't want the team to to get to the third round every year for the next ten years. I don't want that they, anymore. Well, but I they understand the argument that. that like it's a hell of like, a lot better to, than what they have now. But oh, okay, yes, but like getting and yeah, getting hit in the head with a hammer and not getting hit in the head with a hammer. I'll choose not getting hit in the head with a hammer. But like... <laughs> well, I, I think, Kelly, I think your best argument in this debate isn't even necessarily that, like, well, I'm done with just, like, just winning. I want cups. I get that. But I think your better argument, really, is that if Bob Clark couldn't win a championship with all of those things at his disposal, yes. imagine how bad of a GM he would be in the cap year. I mean, Zero we saw restrictions. it. Yeah, we he... saw it. He yeah. was a GM for two years of a cap team. The second year, he fucking quit in month two <laughs> because they were so bad, and they went twenty-two and sixty. Yeah, <laughs> like like no. like Clark was in essence general managing the team on easy mode in you know EA Sports yes. NHL video games. Like he was. offside was off. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so well, his I will results say, were like, objectively at least they better were in the playoffs. Yeah, like his results were objectively better, but like I, well, I would, here's the thing. I would like to think that Chuck Fletcher, given those advantages, would They'd be able to, to at be. least create a playoff team. How, how fucking bad would you have to be to have Bob Clark's resources and freedom and not make the playoffs? I don't know. No, like think and, about ask the, ask the New York Rangers of that era. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> think about like think about how bad? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I forget where I was going with that, but yeah. What was it? Glenn Sather was the GM back then. Yeah, 
The youths like, just don't have enough respect. Think about what happened to the era. league. The pre-cap era. Yeah, they don't, Think they about don't what understand. happened to the league. Nobody had any money except like five fucking teams. Yeah. Like, it was the best. So they had to go out of business for a year. <laughs> they were tired of these rich assholes paying players all of this money. They had to put a stop to it. Yeah, like Keith Primo's contract, the exact same as Sean Couturier's. Like, ridiculous. The four million one, not even the new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, are, are we done? I think yeah, so. All right. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. And uh, you'll find this and some other stuff. There'll be more eventually. You probably know what's going on right now. And uh, because of that, none of us incredibly motivated to create extra content. But it will be coming again soon. Uh, Much like the Flyers, the promise of tomorrow is great. Uh, no, actually, we, we have light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> unlike the Flyers. All right, that's it. My name is Bill Matz. For Kelly, for Charlie, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers! What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.